ever find, the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Beltway Banthas. I'm your host, Tirso Perez, and today we're going to be covering all the happenings from this weekend's Star Wars celebration. We have the pleasure of having Suara Soleil on the ground in the UK, reporting on all the things that he's seen so far, and he's going to give us a little recap on how the weekend's been. We'd like to welcome Suara Soleil once again. Hey, man. Thanks for being hey. on the show. Hey, Tirso. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's good to see you. Did you have fun at Celebration? I had all the fun. I had <laughs> literally all the fun in this and the Star Wars universe. This was my first Celebration. I'm never going to forget it. I literally just got out of it like three hours ago, and I'm still on that Star Wars high. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're fresh out of it. And you are correct when you're saying you had all the fun because I was not there. So I'm a little jealous, but I'll try to hold that back for the sake of this, uh, this time. So uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you saw. What are some? So do you have any inside scoops on some things that we as casual fans might not know about yet? Well, I will tell you about one thing I saw that I think all fans were anticipating seeing, and this being the Rogue One, quote, trailer. As I've been observed, we've all been observing this news in the past several months, it seemed like we were getting a three-minute explicitly a trailer. Instead, it was a sizzle reel that was, uh, it just looked amazing, by the way. I loved it. I think we all loved it. But, you know, a trailer denotes something very specific, you know, maybe telling about the story. So we did get that trailer at, in our panel for at the Rogue One uh, panel, and it was only about a minute and a half, and it did include uh, the appearance of a certain someone, which was amazing. Um, but I do feel as though personally that it might have been mismarketed as a trailer, the sizzle reel being, that is. And I'm afraid, like, fans worldwide are going to be a bit disappointed. What do you think about that? Oh, I mean, I, I agree. I think uh, everyone was anticipating. I mean, even the, the episode we dropped, we talked about, we, we thought there was going to be a trailer coming, things we wanted to see. Uh, I agree with you. I loved what they what they had shown. Uh, I was personally satisfied, but I'm very, very easily satisfied with anything Star Wars. But I can get why a casual fan would say, hey, I wanted a trailer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the other highlights for me, uh, so on the first day, I I already mentioned the Rogue One panel, but before that, I saw uh, my hero since I was seven years old, Mark Hamill speak live. He is the most genial, kindest, most genuine actor in the business. He loves the fans so genuinely much. And he answered maybe 20, 24 questions from the audience. And there were basically over 100 people who were lined up to ask him, asking him questions, me included. Unfortunately, I didn't get to. But the energy he brought to the room and the way he spoke so colloquially with us, it made it seem like he was our best friend. And he said as much himself. I feel like I'm with 4,000. There were, were 4,000 of us in there. 4,000 wow. of my best friends. And he was everything I dreamed about and more. And I got a picture with him that nice. you guys retweeted. Thanks for that. Yeah. And so that was a bit of a dream come true for me. 
Other things I saw on Saturday, yesterday, I was at the Star Wars show stage all day. And from there, I was able to meet both Andy Gutierrez and Peter Townley, the hosts of the show. And they're just as big fans and bigger fans as you might imagine as they portray the show. And they were so nice. Uh, we discussed Star Wars, what we personally love about it. Um, I found out Peter Townley in particular is also a martial artist. We both do martial arts. Oh, wow. Especially, especially bo-jitsu. Um, I got to show... I took a video earlier of... I, um, lightsaber battle I had with Darth Maul's lightsaber against a single blade lightsaber. He showed me the same thing that he did. So it was a nice sort of bonding moment right <laughs> That's there. awesome actually. I did not know that you could uh, go toe to toe with a lightsaber. Yeah man I ha- have my own bow staff I like uh, been practicing for years and honestly Star Wars inspired me to get into it like sword play and right. uh, stick fighting. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it was really great. And I met a bunch of uh, Star Wars journalists whom I'm big fans of, namely Amy Radcliffe, um, who hosted a bucket load of panels. She was busy the entire time, but she made time to see me. I got to meet her in person, and she said, oh, yeah, I know you. We tweeted each other back and forth so many times. <laughs> and I honestly thought she might not remember me, but she did. So That's shout awesome. out to Amy. Amy, you're amazing. Keep up the amazing work you do. And so she hosts a podcast called Full of Seth. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet another one of the co-hosts whom we're big fans of, Mr. Brian Young. He is so polite, so nice, incredibly humble, but... When you meet him, he just seems to uh, leak his incredible wealth of information about Star Wars. And you'll listen to our conversation. I am here with one of my favorite podcasters, Brian Young of Full of Sith. Brian, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing uh, I'm doing really well. It's sort of unreal. It doesn't feel like celebration should be over yet, but it is. So I'm sad about that. Yeah, I'm sad too. You were just saying before we should have an extra day, right? Well, yeah, every other celebration. I've been to seven other celebrations, and uh, they're all four days long, and this one's not. This one's three days. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer, isn't it? Um, so what was your favorite part from, uh, the cele- from Celebration? You know, there's a, few, there's a few great parts. The Rogue One panel um, and that, that exclusive trailer they showed was nothing short of amazing. Um, and, and the thing about Celebration is being able to see the cast come out and interact. You know, that, that panel had Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, she just looked shining. Like, she wanted to be... She was here because she wanted to be. And she was a Star Wars fan like the rest of us. And it's always nice to see which of the actors are here for that. And so that was a great moment. The other great moment, I, you could feel... You could feel the energy in the room in a way I can't even describe when they, that trailer show to everyone Thrawn in, in the Rebels, in, on the Rebels tra- trailer. It was just, it was amazing. It was electric. You could feel it from one side of the room to the other. So, um, as you may know, our po- uh, podcast is devoted to the intersection between politics and Star Wars. We talk about, uh, you know, how Star Wars can inform our politics, how politics has informed Star Wars through its creative storytelling. And I would just like to ask you, how in your life has Star Wars uh, in, in, informed your uh, personal politics? Uh, for me, you know, I think um, 
I think Star Wars has informed, I think, a belief in it. A belief in how the system should work, like an idealism, and I think idealism is important in forming one's opinion as a as a citizen of a a, a place, a government, or or whatever, and that a citizen needs to be able to do what's right and to be able to help shape the nature of what's right. And so, whether that's the Jedi defending the Republic and that democracy, or Padme doing that in their their representation, or the rebels and the Skywalker twins working to topple that tyrannical government, uh, Star Wars has really been a model of what the individual can do to influence the body politic. Whereas something like Star Trek, on the other hand, it sort of has informed the other side of that, where uh, what we can do as a community, communally, what we can do to, to strengthen that body politic. Right. In that regard, you might say Star Wars is a political mythology in that sort of way. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And And... I think that's one of the things I love about the prequels so much is watching what should work as a system that 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 uh, that parliamentary sort of procedure, but watch it decay from within because of moneyed interests and 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 the the arrogance and humor, hubris of people who want to to take power. Um, it really is a cautionary tale, and and if you look at um, you know Star Wars, Star Wars showed me a metaphorical way of looking at things in in history you know so when when the classic trilogy was being made it was supposed to be a mirror of the vietnam war when the prequel trilogy was being made it was this this dark mirror held up against george w bush in the u.s and the whole iraq conflict and it really helped awaken that sense of of civics in me and in in history and in learning where those things intersect well, Brian, just thank you so much for speaking with us. And where can people find you online? Where can they find your podcast? Um, so uh, online, you can find me on Twitter at SwankMotron. Uh, and you can find the podcast I do at Full of Sith. Uh, and I'm starting a new podcast that might be interesting to, to listeners of this sort of show. Uh, it's called Fothentic History. And I'm co-hosting it with Holly Fry from the Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast. And we're talking about fictional history as though it were real history. So our first episode, which comes out August 1st, is about the Battle of Hoth, but we sort of approach it like maybe it was the Battle of Hastings, where, you know, we talk about the generals involved and the, the battle strategies and exactly how it went down and, and giving that hindsight sort of 2020 version of historical events to some of our favorite fictional moments. Fascinating. We're going to check that out from our end as well. Well, Brian Young, thank you so, so much for joining us, and may the Force be with you. Oh, thanks. It was my pleasure, and may the Force be with you. Also had a great conversation with Riley Blanton of the Star Wars Report, and I also found out he had a lot to say about politics and Star Wars. And with me now is uh, Riley Blanton of the Star Wars Report. How are you doing, Riley? Hey, doing well. How's it going? It's going great, man. It's been an amazing past two days. We're right in the middle of celebration. We just had the Rebels panel, and so much has gone on. You were at the Rebels panel live, right? Uh, Like uh, 45 minutes ago. Yeah, we just got out of it. What are your impressions? Uh, Thrawn is awesome. Uh, Ezra's kind of he's going to the dark side which has me worried but he's a lot less uh, petulant which has me very happy so it's really interesting yeah it's a really interesting uh, and very different Ezra those are really the two big takeaways yeah I'm super excited I got to watch it not live like you I'm super jealous of you but from the Star Wars show uh, live streaming of it but you also got to see the episodes yes um 
brief like uh, impression, no spoilers, maybe. Yeah, the episodes are very consistent with what they showed in the trailer, actually. So it's a pretty good. You get a good idea of where they're going with it, and they do go there. They go. You you get a, like I say, you get a good handle on what a, a dark and kind of questioning. Ezra is, and what a sort of questioning Kanan uh, is, because he's in a whole different place. And I, I just love the idea that it's it, it's a smash cut, boom, it's now a definite, noticeable passage of time, and all the characters are in a very different place, because it's easy to play it safe. And frankly, sometimes Clone Wars will do this, and this is a new a new thing for Star, Star Wars, in that it's an era where you know all, all of the characters are suddenly radically different on your TV show. And if you have a popular TV show that's Star Wars... That's risky uh, adventure, but I like it. Yeah, I think we all trust Dave Filoni at this point to do something really great. Okay, so at our podcast, we cover the intersection between politics and Star Wars. Yes, trade routes. Trade routes. <laughs> all the trade routes, exactly. Um, so I was wondering, uh, I just found out today that you're a student in political science. Is that I correct? I am. Yes, yes. Guilty. As charged. <laughs> I, I'm a, I was a poli-sci major myself as yep. well, and uh, I'm just curious, how, does, how has Star Wars informed your politics, if at all, growing up or in school? Is there anything you can tell us about that? You know the funny thing about Star Wars is that everyone from varying political backgrounds all very much read into and, and extract their, their own system of beliefs from the material. And that's one thing I've always liked, because I've always... I dislike it when people directly compare creatives' political point of view to the message that they have in fiction because it's not always the same. Sometimes it is, but not. It's, in the case of Star Wars, it's it's such a universalist message that the morality is extraordinarily consistent, but the way you interpret the the politics or policy of the various uh, factions uh, is is very much up to the viewer, which I like. So, um, so much has been going on in the political world recently. Um, you know, some good, some bad. Yeah. And everything, here's the fun thing. <laughs> Traveling to Europe, it's really fun because all the Europeans want to ask about Donald Trump and all I want to do is ask European about Brexit. And because it's, it's, it's a fascinating time to be, a, be a, a, a student of politics. It's really fun. Absolutely. And, you know, no matter what your opinion on these issues is, it's super exciting. It almost makes you feel like you're feeling some of the excitement of Star Wars in the real world, yeah. although hopefully not with actual wars. Um, but I am curious if you, for you generally, does Star Wars offer examples of maybe political uh, ideals at all? Does it offer, or does it offer um, things that we shouldn't do? You know, allegories of, of the falls of republics or yeah. the fall of democracy, or do you find it more inspiring how we can hearken back to a good political ideal in our real world? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I really feel politically, Star Wars is more, is, is not uh, prescriptive, it's proscriptive, in that uh, it has a, a positive moral message that is very much rooted in characters' individual choices. So if you're talking about, especially when we're focusing particularly on the George Lucas films, even with the prequels, to be fair, there are like pl political moments within like the factions of it, but even having said that, like if you take episode three as that example, you look at the film and you see that it really comes down to uh, someone's choices and the selfish choices they made and how Anakin, what Anakin claimed as as love and affection for the reasons of what he was doing 
we're n- none of them, and we're in fact uh, purely selfish, and that's what drove him tragically to evil. And that's like, and that's not just George Lucas. Like these are mythological themes that go back to you know, Julius Caesar. You know, <laughs> if you want to see like the fall of a senate. Um, and so I think that, in for my perspective, uh, factionally there are those elements of Star Wars, but that's the background, not the foreground. Uh, yeah. So. I'm curious uh, if you think there are any real-life figures uh, right now or historical that you love to make a sort of allegory with a figure in Star Wars that you think was in, a Star Wars character was informed by them, or if you yes. find any analogs, yeah. please um, tell me. Think, actually, this is a great way to cap it off because I, I just realized the show floor is going to close soon, but I do want to. I don't want to run out of time before I tell you. I think that's a perfect question because there is one direct allegory that we need to make here that I think is particularly... Uh, particularly poignant, and that is Jeb Bush. So interesting. If you follow, all right, if you follow the Republican primary as much as I, I did this, this I, season, I very much do. Which is uh, as insane as the whole process has been, and and defied most conventional political wisdom. Uh, without getting into any of the nitty gritty, there's one person we need to think about, and everyone's forgotten about it. Everyone's talking about Mike Pence, Donald Trump, right? What is uh, what does Newt Gingrich think of? No. Forget the current things. Just I just want everyone to remember February, and and poor Seth Jeb Bush. I, I, I legitimately feel bad for the man because he is. And let's all. I, I just I'm very interested to see what your reaction. Jeb Bush is Chancellor Valorum. Oh he my was, God, <laughs> that's so was, true. It was his time. He was just trying to to keep the political system together, or in Jeb Bush's case, keep the political party together, to do the straight-up safe thing, keep everybody happy, not be too extreme, just kind of carry on the family dynasty of politics, the way things are supposed to work in the world of politics. And it just all crashed and burned when, when the galaxy would suddenly go up in flames of war. In our case, uh, political war, fortunately. But yeah, that's, I just thought of that. But yeah, that's, that's in fact, that's, if that's going to be the one takeaway from this interview, Jeb Bush is Chancellor Valorum. He's sitting there like, order, we shall have order. Please clap. I really wish this was a visual podcast so I could, like, (laughs) so people could see you making those hand movements. But anyway, Riley, thank you so much for talking to us. You You really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. And where can people find you online? Uh, There are two places. Uh, If you want Star Wars podcasting, starwarsreport.com slash about. That just introduces you to the show. And then if you want to follow political science nerd and a Star Wars nerd (laughs) and uh, and, and over the next few weeks, uh, traveling in Europe nerd... Uh, that's a thing, right? It's a thing oh, now. T- it's totally a uh, thing. Then follow at the Riley Guy, R I L E Y, on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you so much, Riley. Thank you, sir. May the force be with you. You too. And so that was nice. I guess I didn't. I guess I might have expected that I needed to bring the political element really into Star Wars, but I think it is something that is always on the minds of fans, and especially big fans, because. Politics is so intricate to the Star Wars universe. Right. Oh, uh, so on the Star Wars show stage, Gareth Edwards came and spoke about his experience as Star Wars director. You can actually see me in like some of their clips they put on YouTube. Um, and sorry, I don't know why I mentioned that. Like, no, you're, you're getting famous over here. You're hanging uh, out with Gareth Edwards and getting Mark Hamill to jump on your back. What's going on? It's amazing. I just want to clarify, he did actually jump on my back. He was just pretend and like, 
but it was just still so amazing. But yeah, I spoke with Gareth Edwards a little bit. I got to just say to him, man, you are a legend. And again, I got this great sense of humility from him. Mm. He's just so incredibly grateful for the experience. And George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan and the other amazing Star Wars creators have been his inspirations for years. Mm. And it was truly remarkable to see someone who had made it, as it were. It gives hope for any one of us who might want to get into the business of making Star Wars. So the Rogue One panel was amazing. Um, Initially, it was billed as just having Kathleen Kennedy and Gareth Edwards and a couple other producers. But we got so much more. Virtually the entire cast came onto the celebration stage. You know, Felicity Jones, uh, Diego Luna, uh, even Forrest Whitaker. I was really surprised about that one. Um, Each of them gave us a rundown of what their characters are going through in the film. And we got a few, like, really interesting tidbits from each of them. Felicity Jones went first, and she discussed how her character is very different from Ray and Luke in that she's not the typical Star Wars hero trying to, quote, find herself, but rather what's happening in the film is based on her previous events, you know, having to do with, you know, quote, spoiler alert, but it's not really a spoiler anymore, what her father has done with the Death Star and with, um, uh, you know, stealing the Death Star plans. Uh Diego Luna talked about his character and how he's a rebel captain, and but how he and uh, Jin Erso actually start just together. And people have said it's a band of brothers type film. I haven't seen that film before, but I do imagine that it's a band that gathers uh, throughout the film. And because the way Diego Luna was describing it, it's just the two of them that start together but then they garner more members of the team, you know, the whole cast that we see. Um, It was very interesting uh, hearing them talk about that. Then Forrest Whitaker spoke. He's an absolute legend, amazing actor, about Saw Gerrera, and he didn't necessarily say too many details that we didn't know, but he did say that he was leaving a rebel faction. I believe you said this before in one of the previous podcasts, that there are disparate rebel factions at this point, right before episode four. <laughs> and some of them are more extreme. Some of them are more moderate, like Mon Mothma's uh, faction. But it turns out that uh, Saw Guerrera is leading a very extreme faction that one might accuse of being terrorists against the Empire. And it's not explicitly stated, but it is heavily implied that Jin Erso is also a member of one of these factions. If maybe Saw Guerrera is maybe not his, but the very least they know of each other. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it'll be a very interesting dynamic in the film itself. And in terms of Rogue One, did they give you any idea as to the um, the origin of Jyn Erso? Like whether or not she'll be, I think we discussed it on a previous episode of the podcast, um, where we're, we weren't sure if she was kind of raised by the Empire, raised by this extremist faction. We're not really sure where she comes from. Did, did they give you any insight regarding her origin at all? I think the insight was definitely that she was being raised, at least partially raised, by an extremist faction, one that 
um, you know, taught her to, uh, you know, survive at any cost, to, um, you know, commit crimes against the empire, against any other political force, and be a rebel in the purest sense of the word. And, you know, that she definitely gave that impression, especially from clips we saw in the sizzle reel, in the new, t- new trailer. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think she was necessarily raised by the empire. It didn't get that impression. Who knows? We could see what ha- happens in the film as it sure. unfolds. Great. Now, in terms of episode eight, uh, is there anything that you heard at Celebration in, in terms of news or things that we just might have not heard yet? Well, I think that the news has just recently broke that, well, it did at the uh, panel, um, that I'm reporting first person, episode eight is going to start right after episode seven. Literally, the first scene we will see, or at least one of the first scenes we will see, is Ray handing the lightsaber to Luke. Mm. And what happens from there, we basically have no idea. Sure. This is so incredibly unique for a Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. Instead of any gap, instead of any, you know, subtext that we, or background knowledge that we need to know in such granular detail, although there will obviously still be an opening crawl, like, maybe reiterating the uh, past events of episode seven and maybe some other details we need to know for episode eight, it's still going to be fast-paced right off the ground. And Ryan Johnson was describing, Ryan Johnson and the actors were describing it as being a much more internal uh, storytelling and that we will go into the, all of these characters' psyches on all sides and... I'm really looking forward to that. Now, did they speak at all into whether or not we're going to see Lando? I know a lot of fans were hoping to see <laughs> see Billy D. Williams walk out and say, hey. Unfortunately not. I was really hoping for it, <laughs> but unfortunately not. It's crossing my fingers. Re- except for that one piece of news I told you, they really held off talking about episode eight. I was really surprised, mm. to be honest. Half disappointed, half understanding. Okay, at first, I'll be honest, I was really disappointed at first. <laughs> I was complaining a little bit, but I'm thinking, mulling it over as I'm getting home. I realize it's one of two things. Oh, yeah, for the reason like that we didn't get an episode eight title. I was very, we were all very disappointed about that. Mm. However, it's one of two things. A, they don't have a title yet. <laughs> you know, it's very happened. possible. I was, yeah, I was talking with Brian Young about this, actually. He said that, you know, there are, uh, things in the filmmaking process that may have them go back and rethink the title after they've already said what it is. We've actually have had this before. You know, episode six was originally called Revenge of the Jedi. Now it's, we know it as Return of the Jedi. Right. So that it could be that, or the fact that you have Comic-Con next week that garners so much more media attention Mm-hmm. And they do want to stay co- relatively competitive with all the other properties there. They could announce a title then, which kind of disappoints me because, you know, it's celebration. We're right. supposed to, you know, it's, us, <laughs> it's solely for us Star Wars fans who get it. Right. Again, from a business making decision, I understand it and I can respect it. 
if we don't get it next week, then I think that's pretty much confirmation they haven't decided what the title of the film is. Yeah, I, th- I think probably the main reason, just from like a filmmaker standpoint, they're most likely trying to get people. They're trying to push Rogue One. I believe. Like, I <laughs> think I, I think they know that there's definitely a handful of people that still are like. Why is Ray not in the trailer? You know, there's people that still say that. So I think they're trying to just get it in the people's minds like Rogue One, Rogue One. And I think we're going to see, if if they don't announce it at Comic-Con, I think we're going to see a whole lot more Episode 8 information almost immediately, probably the week following to the release in theaters of Rogue One. Um, Absolutely. But... So that that sounds amazing. It sounds like you had an awesome experience. I hear I, I heard that you wore your uh, Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi outfit. Yes, I did. Nice. I wore it on Friday, and um, it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it though? It was totally worth it. Uh, yeah, especially uh, seeing Mark Hamill in the Return of the Jedi cosplay. That's just amazing, and I get caught on camera uh, a couple of times. You can see me like waving a green, the, the green lightsaber, and also um, recording it on my iPhone for the Beltway Bantha's Facebook page. I did some live videos. Right. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it for all of them because the internet kept shorting out here and there. But I hope you guys enjoyed what I was able to put on the website uh, on the Facebook page. Absolutely, and and thank you, Sora, honestly, for, for doing that. You you covered it, and you gave us as much as you could, and if you guys haven't uh, actually seen or, or even heard of anything yet, feel free to stop by the Beltway Bantha's Facebook page or Twitter, and you can find all of the videos and pictures that uh, Sora presented us so generously for uh, this weekend. Um, so before we wrap up here, any final thoughts, last thoughts on uh, Celebration? It was just a wonderful... I mean, that it is what it is. It's celebration. It's all of these fans coming together to celebrate something we've loved for nearly 40 years now, something that's built upon generations, something that is so embedded in the psyche of million, billions of people worldwide. And I am just humbled and grateful and honored, beyond honored to have been part of the Star Wars fandom since I was nine years old and I first saw A New Hope on UPN on public access television and I am I am just so happy and proud to be a Star Wars fan. I was so grateful I also made a lot of friends you know like a bunch of like uh, people who love Star Wars as much as I do and it was amazing to meet people like that um, and to discuss like all the theories and um, you know, it's like, I don't have like, uh, I have a couple, I don't think I have any other friends except like you and Steven who are as like Star Wars obsessed as I am. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just like, it's so refreshing and wonderful to be with a community like that. And you can tell there's so much joy, there's so much love, there's so much compassion for each other. It feels like you're being bathed in the warmth of the light side. Yeah. It's really wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. But that brings us to the end of this special edition of Beltway Banthas. Uh, thanks, Swar, for being our on-the-ground correspondent at, at Celebration. Swar has actually um, gone through and, and given us the pleasure of having a one of his articles on our actual website. You can find him writing on Brexit and how we can make sense of it through Star Wars. You can find that on our website at beltwaybanthas.com. And, uh, Swar, where can people find you? You can follow, find me on Twitter at Suara Saleh One. 
that's S-W-A-R-A-S-A-L-I-H-1, you can uh, find my work on Newsweek. Uh, just type in my name there. I recently wrote a on I wrote on the Rogue One panel, uh, basically what the characters were, what the actors were saying on their characters' roles, and uh, you can also find some of my work on Huffington Post if you just type in my name. All right, and Swara, thanks so much for being with us today. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. And as always, you want to take us out. May the force be with you. Laugh it up, fuzzball.